you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the NFL Podcast has told you everything they know. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Welcome back to the podcast. It's been, it hasn't been very long, <laughs> less than 24 hours, but... Um, you know, we should start with the elephant in the room, the formal complaint that you've Oh, we're gonna do this? Lobbed in the I did lodge a formal complaint in the commissary today. <laughs> I guess you don't lob formal complaints, uh, you lodge them. <laughs> uh no, and it it listen, I don't like doing this, Mark. You are a very good friend of mine. Uh, All right. But you know, Mark took off Monday and Wes, back me up factually anything's off here. Mark took off Monday coincidentally and i'm going to say coincidentally uh the punishment on the new england patriots drops so uh you know while wes myself and greg pounded out content you were wherever you were uh we taped an emergency podcast you couldn't make it okay listen it was your <laughs> off day and you're, you're entitled to that right you know move ahead to today tuesday big hammer drop comes from ted wells who hosts a, a fiery conference call which we're going to get to a little bit later uh, going back at the Patriots and Tom Brady's agent, you know, where's Mark? Mark again, now on the clock, but out of out of the office. And where were you? Well, I had a dentist appointment. Your teeth do look nice. I, I was just noticing they look Listen, nice and white. If the NFL is not going to give us an off season, you got to create one on your own. What's your dentist's <laughs> name? Uh, that is Doctor Piva. I think I believe everyone in the room goes to Doctor Piva. I don't. I don't. Your don't. dentist's name is Crentist. <laughs> huh. Sounds a lot like dentist. <laughs> wow. Well, your complaint has no no basis in reality. Well, I'm what I'm saying is I'm not I form I, I lodged the complaint, but it doesn't mean that it can't be explained away. And maybe just a note. I don't know. I mean, I'm not No, the that's boss. fair. Oh, let me point out two details. One, I did not just take a day off yesterday. It is the scheduled time off after getting banged during draft week and the week after. And uh, the second part of this 
is that I delayed my Dr. Pivo appointment four separate times dating back to last summer. Uh-huh. The first of them was when I had to stay in the office because someone in here was out with a new baby. <laughs> Wasn't me. So wow. It actually was Wes. Breaking news. <laughs> you know, we all, all, right. all, like all you, you, you know, you we all, in fun. a way, we support each other when we have real life events okay. happening. I'll take, I'll take you at your word here. Yeah. I just, I thought, Greg, and I don't want to sound like, you know, Pollyanna or anything. I just wanted to throw it out there that it was something I had noticed. That's all. I'm not oh, turning my... He became a dentist. <laughs> I'm not turning my phone over to you over it, but... I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, but does anyone think that there are forces behind the movement to ensure that we no longer have off-seasons? Mm. That's a bigger it's question. It's compelling. That is interesting. You're, you're saying right now the NFL and Tom Brady's four-game suspension blowing other sports off the front of the sports center and, you know, do the people – newspapers they still have, I believe, and websites, web portals. I guess it's the, the old <laughs> adage there's, there's no such thing as bad PR. I'm not going to unpack what I'm saying, but, yeah, that, I think that what you just said about being on the front page of newspapers and taking over sports center in May is – Good for the NFL. No, I don't buy. Th- I don't buy that. I mean, what what could happen there? And it is good for the NFL. I do buy that the timing that it comes out after the draft is suspicious. Well, and they control that they, that. that they don't want it to be the big lead up to the draft. Did you find anything until... else suspicious? You know. Oh, in terms. Well, I'm gonna wait for the report. I've hired an independent investigator. Ooh. Um, a gumshoe. Get a lot of. Ted, Ted Wells. Wells is available. Yeah, Ted Wells is available he, right th- now. Uh, yeah, you know, listen, when he HR charges millions of dollars. Yeah. Right? It's occasionally that HR comes around and just says, How are things in general? Like are you if let's say you had to do something important like go to the doctor or a dentist, are you is there pressure? Do you feel prevented <laughs> from doing such a natural human I do. thing? I do. I'll say, listen, I, I don't know how to respond to that, but there may be some things in that, here, in that right area. Here, listen to this podcast. This is my, <laughs> yeah. this is my evidence. I uh, appreciate your honesty. You were fully cooperative in this investigation. All right. I uh, noticed she didn't ask him to turn over his phone. I know. I wouldn't do that. It is a company phone, though, actually. So I, you, know, you might not have a choice. I'd rather we not do that. Big show today. <laughs> Big show. I hope that doesn't make things weird between you and I, Mark. Uh, we have a lot to get to. Big show. We have... Uh, our rookie predictions, which we rolled out last week, we uh, broke down uh, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and defensive players uh, who we thought would make the biggest impact in, ye- impact in year one. So we're going to uh, share some of our high-octane opinions on that matter. Uh, also, we rolled out our annual projected starters series today, Tuesday, which you could find at NFL.com slash news. Uh, AFC East. First one up, so we got the four teams there. So we'll hit that in, on some level, right, Greg? Oh, we'll try to. <laughs> if I we get to, to it, see how long the podcast. We might goes. not get to it. I did get a, a shadowy league figure. I gotta say, I gotta come clean here. Did sit sit me down and say, "Hey, that show a couple of days ago that went well over an hour. Don't let it happen again." Well, when there were probably a hundred people tweeted at us and said we like the longer podcasts. Maybe, but uh, the exact quote: "Sometimes you gotta cut people off and shut them up." So, if wow. you get if you get cut off at any point or anybody here, it's not coming from me, you know. Um, up the food chain. How high up? Pretty high, pretty high. TD, how you doing? Can you the cut glass? that person off next time they try to give you advice? I will not because I like working here. So. TD, behind the glass, how are you, buddy? What is going on, Dan? What you're experiencing there is kind of like when you're directing a big budget movie and the higher ups coming. Like you got to take a couple of scenes out. 
you know, and yeah, that's yeah. kind of like what the deal is. And I, I'm partly responsible for that too. But I'm for one, I I don't mind the longer podcast. But yeah, I don't need it as suits. a listener. Lastly, yeah. though, real quick or secondly, um, if you really want to get to the bottom of this Mark Sessler thing, yeah, got a body language specialist with hire, man. Just give me five minutes with the guy, and I'll figure it out. All right, we'll just track him during this upcoming news segment, and then we'll, we're going to check back in with you. Love it. All right, cool. Let's do some news. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Probably you, Mark, right about now, right? I feel, I mean, you know, on top of what you brought at me, which is total rubbish, you're going to tell me you're a body language specialist? <laughs> I've been saying this for a couple well, of years. Well, I know now. you've been saying it. You've been saying a lot of things. A lot of you could and Mark's <laughs> making a good point. Like, I could say I'm a magician, you know, over and over again. It doesn't make me a magician. I, I, that's fair. But, again, I'm gonna. the proof was there with Tom Brady. I said it from day one, and, you know, mm. it happened. That's that's going to be my case, the number one case. The first thing involving Tom Brady that had proof. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> All right. So let's get into it. Let's start with, of course, we had our special – uh, you know, Patriots Palooza podcast on Monday night. And uh, so after that happens, Brady gets suspended. The team gets fined a million dollars and gets stocked two draft picks, all because of what Ted Wells came out with his ind- independent investigation, uh, which then the NFL uh, looked that over and made their decisions. After it, predictably, the Patriots were fired up and upset. Uh, fired up as well was uh, Don Yee, who is Tom Brady's agent who was not happy at all. He thought it was excessive, the penalty on Brady. So Ted Wells, which he didn't, something he did not do after the Miami Dolphins investigation, uh, their bullying scandal with uh, Jonathan Martin and Richie Incognito, Ted Wells uh, organized a conference call to speak with the media. And uh, the reason, the main reason, and what came out of it, it was a very, he was very animated and fiery, and he, he basically wanted to make sure everybody knew that he answered to no one in this investigation and took uh, ex- he took uh, exception to what Brady's agent said uh, that he was somehow compromised in the investigation or, or taking uh, taking uh, pointers or or was pressured but in any way by the NFL. Uh, so he came out and said that. Also talked about that Tom Brady, uh, while fully cooperative in a in a sit down interview, uh, when it came down to it, when he didn't hand over the phone and and he, actually Wells didn't even ask for the phone. Wells said. Uh, to the agent, you just give me the information I need from that phone. I don't even need the physical phone. The uh, Brady's camp still said no, and that led to Brady really getting popped here. So uh, Wells called this uh, this conference call to clear the air. Wes, what did you take out of it? Well, I, what I took out of it is that NFL gumshoe Ted Wills is no shrinking violet. He's no hothouse flower. I mean, this guy came yeah. out spitting hot fire. He, he was fired up. I mean, he – I, you know, I I think the real one of the winners in this whole thing was definitely the appearance of Ted Wells' mustache, which we hadn't seen before in, in some of those pictures. <laughs> uh, and he was animated, and I mean, he was he was annoyed. He said he wouldn't even held the conference call if not for Yee's statements. He basically wanted to take some shots at Lee at Yee, and he and really defended his position. Here, and he defended it well. Here's a quote: "I think it is wrong to criticize my independence, independence just because you disagree with my findings." That was kind of like at the crux. That's of fair. What he was getting at this. And another thing that it, that he said, I thought that was strong and you know struck a note with me, which makes sense. That the NFL was certainly wasn't hoping I would come back with a report that would find something wrong with the Patriots or Tom Brady. Okay, maybe they wanted to get the facts. 
The idea that somewhere people at the league office wanted to put some kind of hit on the most iconic popular player in the league, the real face of the league, it doesn't make any sense. It's a ridiculous allegation. You know, he has a point that there. Makes it, sense. Doesn't does make, a point. it doesn't make sense for the league to want to do this. I, I think all of the stuff coming from Don Yee this week has not helped out Tom Brady. It makes their side look a little more like crackpots. And it's got Mike, Sil- Mike, it's got Mike Silver all hot under the collar. Right. Don Yee does personally. Mike Silver is in the midst of a 15-hour straight shift <laughs> on camera at NFL Network. I hope they're feeding him with, like, a tube or something. By the way, he's taking on all comers and thoroughly defeating the stronger side of the argument. Well, what about this, Wes? What if Mike Silver, who we all respect in this room, maybe he's on the right side of the argument and you're starting to come around? What, what I'm saying is he needs, he needs better competition for these mm. debates. That, that's fair, although... His, you sell yourself there to get on the network. No, I don't want to be debating Mike Silver. I like Mike Silver, but come on. His main point, which is that, well, if Brady didn't do anything and, you know, why isn't Brady talking? Why aren't they showing any evidence? Why aren't they presenting any legitimate case at all? That That's his main point, and that's a fair point. I, I mean, thought, Brady hasn't really presented Well, hold on a here. If... if what does Brady have to hide? Why not turn over your phone? I think that that sticks out to the people on the other side of this that say, you don't say there's enough proof. Well, part of it, the proof that Brady could have provided, he chose not to. Sure. He could have pri- turned his phone over and said, let's just shut this thing down. If I have nothing to do with this. He didn't have to do that because what I was struck by was what Wells was getting across is, you know, we understand why Tom Brady wouldn't want to hand over his personal phone. This right. is a hugely famous person. It, it's kind of a weird move to say, here, take my phone. They said... Just give us the information we're looking for. Give us all the texts, let's say, we, and they, he didn't specify, but let's say all the texts you've had with McNally on your phone, all the texts with the other Joker that have been on your phone, any, anything else that might be pertinent to us, and we'll take you at your word on it that you're giving us everything that's there. And they just said no. It, to me, again, it was the arrogance that was permeating from Brady's camp and the Patriots, and it came back to haunt them. And if I'm not mistaken, in the Ray Rice case, wasn't Goodell – Forced to give his phone over or phone information over? Well, he volunteered. I don't know. You're never. I don't know if you're necessarily. Forced I guess. To. I guess like from like from the anything. angle you of didn't do anything illegal. If you, you want to shine anything. a light on the Patriots and just say this is all wind, and I tend to think that the punishment was exceedingly stiff and it's a little outrageous. And I'm with Wes and you guys to say that the proof in that first report was not overwhelming, not even close. But turn your turn the information over. When you deny doing that, you don't look like you're a forthcoming. Part of the investigation. Well, just and how admit do you get around it. Just that? admit that you wanted the balls deflated. Because I do agree. Well, that would be the, nice too. The idea that because of course he did on some level. Whether he knew what's the r- wrong level of deflation or whether you know whether he knew anything about what PSI even was. Who cares? It, it was more if if Brady had stepped up that first time and just said I did want you know the balls deflated this and that kind of like the Browns and the Falcons basically said we we did our thing. I think the punishment would be a lot less. Before we move on, I know we we do want to quickly. I think the one thing that Wells pointed out that he really wanted to stress was the text from McNally, Uh, especially the the text. He refers to himself as a deflator and that he threatened them that he had not gone to ESPN yet. That, That one text... I guess it was where he said, "Look, I haven't gone to ESPN yet." But he was basically he, he took it as a threat. I think that was his number one piece of evidence when deciding. That's not evidence. It's just not. I mean, he has no idea what the context is. He doesn't know if they're joking with each other. He doesn't know how Brady's involved in that triangle. How about this? Part of the uh, part of the conference call also is that's part of the reason why. Wells wanted to speak to McNally one more time, and the Patriots said no. 
I just think if you can't find it out four times, I mean, no, it's it, not well, on McNally. He only spoke to him one right. time. He had a chance to once, but and three other people spoke to McNally too. But, I'm, but the I point mean, it's is, not, why not? Why not talk one more time if you have nothing he to hide? Had, McNally had another appointment that day. Oh please, he's a low-level team employee. He has an appointment. What? What do you need five times to interview a guy for? That's not on McNally. Defl- That's on Wells and his underlings. Deflators a busy guy. I mean, you have the like the revolution. He's got other the things playing there. You got the Celtics. Um, that guy's got nothing. He gets going. If you can't if you can't figure it out in the first four interviews, that's on you, not on McNally. He says adult dodgeball league. I know he's big <laughs> into. All right, so this won't be the last time we talk about this, of course, because we don't know the appeal is coming from Tom Brady, uh, from what we understand. Uh, but there could even be some lawyers about. There could be some lawyering up. And Greg, you wanted to mention the Kraft uh, statement as well. Well, I I think the statement from Robert Kraft is the most interesting thing that's happened since the suspension came out in that Kraft who said he was going to accept any punishment released a very ominous statement that indicated otherwise that this, you know, it was our intention to accept any discipline levied by the league. Today's punishment, however, far exceeded any reasonable expectations. It was based completely on circumstantial rather than hard or conclusive evidence. So that statement to me indicates that we are considering taking action against the NFL. I mean, there's no other way to read that. And they put the number 12, you know, they put Brady's jersey as their Twitter and their Instagram profile, and there's talks of different things that they can do. And so this becomes an interesting thing to watch. Do the Patriots go after the league legally? I mean, in courts? Who who knows? No one really knows, but it it was an ominous ominous little statement there. And we thought this was quiet season. (laughs) Uh, Moving forward... The Jacksonville Jaguars, this was uh, after our last podcast last week, uh, they were dealt a cruel blow uh, on Friday. Dante Fowler Jr., the number three overall pick in the draft, in his first practice as a pro, uh, suffered a torn ACL in 11-on-11 drills, uh, out for the year. Just outrageous what's been going on with the Jaguars and their first-round picks for years. Uh, They've had five straight top ten picks, and they're not getting anything out of any of them, including Fowler in year one. Uh, at least, and this is to the credit to the Jaguars, they made they uh, showed some good faith on Tuesday, announced that they've signed Fowler uh, to a rookie contract, a max deal under the uh, league's slotting system. So it's four years, $23.5 million, fully guaranteed, no offset language. So Dante Fowler, just 20 years old, rehab this year, uh, and he's going to get paid a lot of money while he does it. This unfortunate incident it might end up turning me into a Jaguars fan. I feel like Whoa. everybody involved has handled this with such a plum. I watched uh, one of my rare Saturday shifts. I watched his press conference on the Jaguars website. He could not have been more upbeat, more composed, more positive, and you could tell it was genuine. Like he's like, "All right, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to be back strong next year. It wasn't anyone else's fault. This is just what happens in football." And he was so composed and so upbeat. And you know the way the Jaguars handled it, paying him fully, they don't have to do that. I'm glad they did, too. And Gus Bradley, I think what happened right after um, Fowler was hurt, Gus went to the hospital and talked about what you just mentioned. That, that he didn't have any family there. You know, he's he was alone, scared and alone. Yeah. That his response to what happened was unusual. I mean, it's and, – and, you know, there were people that tagged Fowler as immature before the draft. And, mm-hmm. and Bradley even mentioned that and said this completely had us thinking differently. So – I mean, I guess, you know, listen, bottom line, there's still plenty of years left on this contract and in his career in general, and he's going to think of the Jaguars with some loyalty after the way they treated him. Sure, but he also, 
you know, they need to win games this year or else Gus Bradley and David Caldwell won't be around to enjoy, Cald- you know, his career. If they win three games again, they're going to get washed out. So they're going to have to figure out a way to create a pass rush. They did a good job of it last year. They were sixth in the league in sacks despite having no one that can win one-on-one matchups on the outside. Ryan Davis. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's, Ryan Davis, that's, that's, that's breakout player this year. That's their top outside pass rusher, Dan Scuda. I mean, this is – Hey, oh, Scuda. This is a t- <laughs> Step up. Big spot. <laughs> this is a team that needs to win some games this year. Just six or seven. I think they will, personally. I think I'm going to take them as the second-place team in this division, but they're going to have to need to figure wow. it out. I'm not that, so that's a sure. Wow. That's a huge wow. There's a bunch of bums in this division. I'm just saying second. Wow. The only regrettable thing, by the way, about the Jaguars uh, and this uh, signing was Tony Khan, the uh, owner, senior vice president, tweeting out uh, after they tweeted the photo of Fowler signing the deal. There was a, a record hanging behind uh, over Fowler's shoulder, and Tony Khan tweets out, yes, that is an autographed copy of the Lumineers' self-titled debut album in the back of my office. The <laughs> Lumineers. I know. That, I know. They sing that one uh, Are annoying you, song. My I life, belong like. with you, and you belong with me. My heart. That song. You are taking on the Damashek hipster music role here. Well, not quite, but that's a weird album mean? to put up on Making your wall. Making fun of someone else's music taste. I just, oh, that's true. It's you just do. you're putting that one on the wall, though. Yeah. Maybe there's yeah. a story behind it. Well, Maybe. but in Dan's defense, they're a wildly annoying uh, even band, the wording, band genre. Even the wording, <laughs> self-titled debut album, it kind of sounds like a manager or something. Anyway. <laughs> they should have just said eponymous. All right, let's move on. The Houston Texans. Trying to figure out their quarterback situation. They have Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett. Uh, the two quarterbacks will split first-team practice reps when OTAs begin later this month. The team's official website uh, stated on Monday. Uh, I'm interested in this one. And, Gre- and, Mark, I'll start with you because you obviously have that connection to Brian Hoyer as a Browns fan. Uh, if you were a Texans fan, who do you want to win this what seems like a, a true camp battle shaping up in Houston. Oh, man, this is tough. I mean, there's no way this isn't just going to go back and forth this season anyways. But I would go Ryan Mallett because I think what we saw in Brian Hoyer last year was probably the ceiling, the best you could get out of him in a with Kyle Shanahan doing what he did early on. And then he melted down the stretch. Mallett still is a complete and total mystery. I mean, Mallet has never looked good in the preseason, but beyond that, it's like, all right, let's see what he can do in year two in this offense. But I don't say if I'm a Texans fan, I want to get a different quarterback at some point. Not only does Mark Sessler want Ryan Mallet to win this competition, the Houston Texans want Ryan Mallet to win the competition because they spent the entire February and March showering praise on Ryan Mallet and basically saying we want this guy to emerge. You got to bring in Hoyer because you can't just hand the job to Mallet. You can't expect him to play all 16 games and play well. So of course you go get Hoyer, but I mean they paid Hoyer more ide- money though. Yeah, in their ideal scenario, they they want Mallet to win this job. I, I tend to agree, but I think it's a pretty even battle, and that Bill O'Brien likes Brian Hoyer, and that Brian Hoyer has a lot of experience in Bill O'Brien's system, and he's the type of guy that coaches love. That's why he's brought him to Houston. Uh, essentially. I mean, this is a guy that he worked with for, what, three years in New England, uh, and it wouldn't sh- surprise me at all to see Brian Hoyer as the week one starter. Looking at Hoyer's stats, by the way, stats can lie, I guess. I mean, there's a big black mark next to yards per completion. That means he led the league in yards per completion, Brian Hoyer. Although he did have, what, about 10 completions a game 
effect of the last five yeah, weeks. Yeah, 242 well, completions. It's not the smallest sample yeah. size ever. And he finished with a 7.6 yards per attempt. That should Normally, be a, if I see that, that looks like I a I think you got to look really game by game. game. That should be a bolded number next to Kyle Shanahan's name since he manufactured all those play-action <laughs> passes yep, down the field. I agree. In other Texan news, uh, news they drafted uh, DJ Swearinger, the safety, with their second-round pick in 2013, and they quit on him. They uh, tried to trade him. For weeks, and when they couldn't find a suitor, they decided to release the safety. Uh, he was, uh, right as we came up today, uh, we learned that he was then claimed on waivers by the Bucks. So, Swearinger, two-year run. He was a starter for the for the Texans, but really uh, struggled uh, both, it sounds like, both on the field and maybe off the field. He wasn't a guy that was popular with the front office, so he's gone out of Houston. It looks like he's heading to Tampa. There's a report out today that he was – Cut because he didn't want to play special teams or refused to play special teams. I don't think that's, that's the only reason, but he seems like our friend at Rumford Johnny on Twitter. I asked yesterday, there's got to be more to the story, and he made a good comparison between DJ Swearinger and Brandon Merriweather. Yeah. It was kind of surprised when the Patriots pulled the plug on Merriweather, a first-round pick. Same thing with Swearinger, but they all they both want to just hit people instead of tackle, and they, t- you know, they take bad routes to the ball. They're not – they're not ideal in coverage, so I think there's some of that where it's just a knucklehead. One of my favorite uh, NFL media acquisitions of the year, Lance Zierling, who did a good job for 24-7 and all our draft coverage, he just tweeted really the same thing, that he was a box safety that really wasn't even that good a tackler, just like to make big, splashy hits and wasn't that good in coverage. So, Mike con- Tomlin loves him. Congratulations, uh, Tampa Bay. You got him. Uh, moving on in Dallas, uh, this is from Friday, something I just wanted to touch on. Uh, you know, it's very hot and muggy in Irving, Texas this time of year, I guess, uh, for rookie minicamps. Randy Gregory, uh, on the same day Dante Fowler, unfortunately, was lost for the season. NFL Network had eyes on Randy Gregory laboring off the field, uh, being assisted by multiple trainers, dehydrated, too much heat. And, uh, you know, I don't know, Greg. To me, this is when Randy Gregory is uh, bombs out of Dallas in three years. I'll remember that as the exact moment I knew it wasn't going to work out. Totally unfair. This really got under your skin yeah, it when was, it was unfolding on I've, live TV. I've had his exhaustion. It's no joke. I'm sure it's no joke, but just sometimes forget about the, the fact that it could happen to anyone. Sometimes you just know. And mark my words, and TD, mark this date. When Randy Gregory is sent packing from Dallas, uh, you heard it here first. You're right. At the time, Dan was – it just brought out the inner <laughs> Skip Bayless in him. He was just like, he's done. Yeah, this is it. He's going to be a bust. There's no chance for Gregory in Dallas. His face, too. And then, you know, he's afterwards, you know. They, it wasn't a good look. It wasn't a good look. I mean, you know, Joe McKnight, he famously uh, lost his cookies a number of times when he showed up for. How did that work camp. out? Yeah, a lot of times these hard knocks things tell you something. Swearinger was a very annoying character uh, when they had the joint practices with the Falcons last year. And. Listen, Wes. Hard knocks knows all. Wes, you could be dismissive of my analysis, but guess what? Two years from now, you're well, going to come to me. So I was not right. exactly in professional athlete shape when I got my heat exhaustion, so I can see where your analysis is coming from. Were you in that garage? In I Dye think B? there may have also been beers involved <laughs> and then a long walk on the beach searching for something in 100-degree weather with a lot of humidity that caused my Searching for something physical, like a wallet, or more... I don't recall. Like a, so like something no, bigger. Metaphysical. Like metaphysical. No yeah. parallel to an athlete on Meaning. any level, basically. No, I was in horrible <laughs> shape, which is why I 
suffered from heat exhaustion. So I get your analysis. No, you're a total hottie now, so. So Thanks, you're saying yeah. Ran- Randy Gregory's preparation for his first NFL practice was similar to you drinking <laughs> 20 beers in 100-degree heat on the beach. I am not saying that, but people can draw their own. Um, <laughs> and finally, and this is a, just a straight question for Greg, Terrell Pryor oh, wow. signed with the Bengals uh, on May 10th uh, this past weekend, and we did a post on it. When can we stop writing posts about Terrell Pryor signing with teams for short amount, short amounts of time? Never. Guy moves the needle. The uh, Bengals website thinks he's going to make the team. If he's in the NFL, we're writing we're writing it. He's an interesting quarterback. We write those things. First of all, you're right. He doesn't move the needle. One of the sneaky metrics bombers of uh, 2000. Greg's corporate the, the side last coming decade. out. No, but no, in reality, I think he could be the backup quarterback on the Bengals. Yeah. The Bengals are the rare type of team that just give guys like these real shots. Ted Wells – or uh, Ted uh, – Hugh Jackson. <laughs> Wait a second. Hugh Jackson. I get them him, confused all the time myself. <laughs> Wes's hit list starting to get confused. You're like, Ted Wells is starting an investigation into AJ McCarron and Josh Johnson. It's not going to come up good. It's going to open the door for Terrell Pratt. He could win that backup job. Why not? He's Hugh Jackson's boy. Who was it that we thought was out of the league and then was a backup in uh, Cincinnati? Jason Campbell. Jason Campbell. Maybe. I don't know if I thought And Josh Johnson. Yeah, and I think it was really Josh Johnson. And uh, that's what's happening. Moving forward. All right, guys. You really snuck that prior one in there. Hey, listen, sometimes keep you on your toes. You know, it's very important to have format and structure, but you also got to, you know, keep it real. You know what I'm saying, Mark? I agree with that 100%. Speaking of which, uh, TD, how was Mark's body language? We'll get to it. We'll get to it. A little, you know, solid. All right. Yeah. Why don't you bring an expert alongside you to discuss the issue? There was some adversarial <laughs> body language when you guys walked into the room. No, I said, yeah. hello, how are you, TD? Didn't get a chance to see you yesterday. Get the shrug off, well, looking away. You just kind of looked at me. You just kind of stared in it. That's you know. not – see, you're – I. how can you be trusted like if you're going to take a narrative like, from like, like 12 minutes ago off. and recreate it to fit your version? Just, we got enough people doing that. Hey, I'm just telling <laughs> like I see it, man. Cut to Zach Goldman listening to this podcast – in a fetal position in the corner in Japan. Oh, like, Guys, don't fight. I can't handle this. My two favorite people. We're not fighting. Uh, all right. So uh, last week we rolled out a series we all about the rookie class, uh, who we thought would fare best in 2015. Uh, and uh, let's start with the, the quarterbacks. We're going to go through four positions. We'll roll through this. Uh, and uh, we'll start with Jameis Winston versus Marcus Mariota. Uh, Greg, you think Winston – uh, we'll have a better first season in the league. I agree with you, as did Mark. Uh, can you explain to us why you believe that Winston is more pro-ready right now than Mark Smith? Well, just everything we heard about him coming into the draft and everything that I've seen, he just sounds like the type of guy who could make a good transition. I could see him having 25 interceptions but also 25 touchdowns. He's got a pretty good receiver crew. I don't know if the weapons around him is really why I'm making the argument. It's really just I think he's a better player than Mariota. You know what? Uh, speaking of, he has a bigger, he has a less of a hill to climb. Speaking of Jameis Winston, Bobby Bowden, the fo- former Flor- Florida State coach, came out and had uh, this to say about Jameis Winston today. I think it's a consensus among FSU fans and boosters that he was an embarrassment to the university. Hmm. Bunsen burner blowtorch, right there. If I ever heard one, <laughs> that's the greatest Bowden blowtorch ever. Easy, there. unnecessary. At Easy the same there. time, Easy there, Bowden. could have laid off that. Here, I think. There we go. I think Winston has the better year. 
When you're ready, TD. Wow, Sessler is Be- No, up. I just I like you know you can look what happened in Tampa last year on offense, and there were a lot of issues, but they also had no offensive coordinator. I mean, the thing couldn't have been any worse for a first-time head coach in in Tampa with Lovey to be de- dealing with that, and I think the whole thing melted. Dirk Cotter is like a good did a good job in Atlanta. I think he's a good fit for Winston, and they've got some receivers in there, so that's another advantage. Versus whoever who was calling plays last year, what was his name? Uh, Arroyo. I like. I would take Dirk Cutter over Ken Wisenhunt and what's going so on would in, I. in Tennessee. Wes, where do you come down on this? Did I write this? You did not. Oh, you did not participate. I, say, I don't remember this. Yeah. Uh, I think, like Greg said, Winston is definitely more NFL ready. That helps a lot. I might not have voted for Winston in this category if they hadn't picked up promising offensive line prospects in the second round, mm. a pair of them. Which You're a they, big Marpet fan. Well, I don't know. I have no idea if he's good, but they needed, they needed to. They needed bodies that could block. I mean, they were terrible last year. So I think you're mm. counting on two rookies to come in, so there could still be growing pains. I don't think it would surprise anybody if Winston leads the NFL in interceptions as a rookie. So, Like Peyton Manning. This surprises me, this answer, because of the you know ever-growing West erection for the Titans – emergence this year mm. well i think like you said that it's a longer climb steeper climb for Mariota. he has he's a spread quarterback and he's coming into the nfl so i i like his potential but as a rookie i would think that winston has the edge there um real quick greg was uh, kevin patra drug tested recently <laughs> why is that he has brett hunley as his choice for the yeah he tried to be cute i don't most know. successful rookie season I guess what he was trying to say, the other Sorry, guys. Sorry, Patrick. You know, I know you use fists in a big spot, but uh, you know, Hunley, come on, buddy. These guys will, the other guys will fall flat on their face, whereas Hunley will be learning at the feet of Rodgers and McCarthy. That's nice. Maybe he gets in a game or two and looks good. Patrick thinking outside the box. Okay. Uh, moving on to the running backs. Uh, all right, we'll start with uh, Chris Wesley on this. You were involved with this. You chose Melvin Gordon of the San Diego Chargers. San Diego. Oh, I forgot that I took part in this, but yeah. Oh, yeah, you were big time a part of it. Well, I think this goes back to a friend of mine whom I trust. His scattering point was Melvin Gordon would lead the entire league in rushing if he gets drafted by the Cowboys, and he has a 2,000-yard season in him at some point in his Whoa. career. So I – like I said, I I totally trust this guy. He's the first guy to turn me on to Chris Johnson when he was at East Carolina. Whoa. So his his word is uh, – Who is your source? Damn it. We've talked about this. My boy Brad Spicer. Oh, oh the spice rack. The spice, spice rack. rack. Spicerama. <laughs> hey, give me another spice off that rack. Melvin Gordon's going to be a stud. Also, spice. remember when I went to Vegas? Yes. He's the guy who hooked me up with the all-day like uh, nightclub, day club, free free drinks, good time. I like this guy a lot. I, I can. Uh, this guy must be a genius. I I can't imagine anyone else that West just takes information from spoon feeds and just accepts it. You He's know a what spice I mean? rack, Greg. Well, he spicy. He's proven to be right enough times, and the fact that I don't watch college football myself, so I have to trust someone else. Okay. All right, I like that. I went with Todd Gurley, who uh, who everyone says is maybe the, the biggest stud of this group and has is drawing Adrian Peterson comparisons, or at least is the best running back to come out of the draft since Peterson. Now, coming back from an ACL, I get that. That could be lead to them uh, taking the foot off the pedal a little bit in St. Louis. But I also know that Jeff Fisher likes his job, 
and I know that Jeff Fisher can't go six and se- six and ten again or seven and nine. I think Todd Gar- Gurley is not going to start the season on the pup list. I think if he proves that he's healthy, he's playing, and I think he'll make an instant impact. And they're going to definitely power that offense uh, through the running game. I think and try to win games with their defense and running game. Todd Gurley going to be a monster this year. Gordon and Gurley are both good picks. I mean, Gordon definitely has less competition though. Trey Mason. I, you know, I, we were going to do a re-ranking of the running backs. I might still do that if I have some time this offseason. I think Trey Mason would have been my top running back from last year, other than Jeremy Hill. The number two, uh, he would have been my number two rookie. I mean, he looked terrific. So You, you like gotta, him more than Carlos Hyde? Yes, from what we saw, I would say, on last season. But clearly the Rams don't see him as a guy that's going to carry the offense. Speaking of outside-the-box thinkers, I'm looking over at Mark Sessler. And he said, you take your first-round running backs. You can take your second round running backs, you stick them right up your butt. Because I like Tevin <laughs> Coleman in Atlanta making an instant impact. Well, I mean, when you do these things, you got to – oh, two people took Gordon and Gurley. got to go somewhere else because, you know – Not true, but well, you chose to. That's fine. But because it's boring to everyone pick the same person. I went Coleman because I like the idea of a rookie running back on a Falcons team that with Devonta Freeman does not have a featured back. I think he's a guy that can come in as a change of pace guy. Kyle Shanahan, he is – in the past, shown a lot of confidence with rookie runners. Hmm. Steve Slayton in Houston. The well, well, why shouldn't oh, it? This why is, shouldn't it? This is excellent analysis by Mark Sessler. Mark, you're doing great. Haven't Keep even going. started it yet. But yeah, anyway. but you're doing yeah. great Steve so Slayton. far. He had Steve Slayton in 2008, Alfred Morris 2012. Slayton was a third rounder. Alfred Morris was a sixth rounder oh, last year in Cleveland. Up steam here. He, you know what? I'm leaving. I'm going to just take the headphones <laughs> off. Why am I still here? Crowell was I got a hundred better things to do than this. Guy. Right. I mean, West and Crowell, 1,200 <laughs> yards last year. So how about you take your girly and your Gordon? Go to town with that. I'm going to win this thing. <laughs> go to town with it. <laughs> it's, a fair, it's a strong argument. That oh, Jan, thanks, Greg. That Shanahan, <laughs> Shanahan uh, somehow propped up Steve Slayton. I, wouldn't have get, I remember Steve Slayton one year, the year after he that. He was a fantasy darling. He was a top five fantasy running back pick or top 10 at least top 10 didn't happen in year two that was 55 percent analysis 45 percent aggression there mark and i liked it he was getting heckled he got some right some edge i would have un, you know unfurled it completely in peace but i'm getting i got it coming out from three different people you know during it <laughs> i was defending you three you were the third right there oh. all right let's move on to the wide receivers great work mark way to defend your team right. on society uh, and we'll start this one with Greg Rosenthal, who says, listen, Amari Cooper, that guy's a stud, and I'm going to roll with him. Well, I'm glad I get to jump into this one. You didn't even call on me for <laughs> T.J. Yeldon in the running back section. You're so distracted. <laughs> hey, it doesn't matter. T.J. Yeldon's going to lead running backs, and Amari <laughs> Cooper's going to lead running backs. Yeldon for receiver. a second. The Spice Rack told me oh. two Ooh, or three years ago, this T.J. Yeldon guy is the best back Alabama's ever had. So I asked him again about Yeldon right before the draft, and he said, I was off of him about a year and a half ago. He lost his all of his uh, mm. burst. Oh, Bradley loves Greg, him, though. Don't you wish you had the spice rack at your disposal well, you know. when you're in the kitchen putting together the soup of rookies? <laughs> you can have your uh, spice rack. I've got Gus Bradley pounding the table to draft this guy. Did he stand on top of the table? He did. If you read that Mike Silver article, he was standing on tables. He's dancing around. I need a big back to give the ball 25 times a game to. That's T.J. Yeldon. Well, that's what we heard last year about someone, isn't it? What? All your boy, I'd, Toby Gerhardt? All I'd say, I love Gus Bradley, but he loves every player that ever played football. That's fair. <laughs> so Spice Rack has, seems to have a little bit of, you know, he gets Spice hot Spice Rack and cold. knows what he's talking about. 
Well, they proved it with where they drafted him, 36 overall, where a lot of people didn't think he was going to go. Not a flashy guy, kind of a four or five yard at a pop type of guy. I like those guys. Greg, uh, the wide receiver class, you had Amari Cooper. And Jarvis Greenell is Greg's favorite running back. I picked Cooper <laughs> just because I thought he'd get the most targets. And everyone else had picked Kevin White. So, I, you know, I'm guilty of that a little bit. But I, he just seems like the guy everyone said he had the most sophisticated understanding of defenses, kind of the NFL mind, the NFL routes. And he's going to get 125, 30 targets. So he, he seems like a safe bet for 1,000 yards. Just so you know. The four of us in this room, we all picked different wide receivers. Really? Yes. Well, the other so people I revisionist chose history on this. Yes, I went with uh, N- Nelson Aguilar from Philly, who's going to step in into and produce immediately in Jeremy Macklin's old role. You know, Chip Kelly uh, has an eye for talent when it comes to wide receivers and really any skill player. So I would assume he has a good chance to be a guy that goes over a thousand yards and comes close to ten touchdowns. Uh, Wes, you went with. How about that, Wes? Uh, Dan giving Chip Kelly some love. Listen, I'm not. I'm not like a, a hater. Okay. Right. There's a new. Good, right? There's a new parody around the NFL account on Twitter. Yeah. The latest one is ATN Hot Takes, <laughs> and the guy accused you of having a playground love for Chip Kelly. Like you always push or throw rocks at the girl you like. Mm. <laughs> maybe maybe accurate. Uh, Wes, you you chose Kevin White as your guy, and that seems like a pretty safe pick. Well, I fell I fell under his spell at the draft. I mean, he was that that charisma just reeled me in. I I'll believe anything involving Kevin White now, and I felt better about it after Dan Pompey, a longtime Bears writer, tweeted Pompey. a series of tweets saying just how dominant Kevin White was in a rookie mini kit. Which I mean, I don't know. If you're the We're seventh, at that point of the offseason. If you're the seventh overall pick, shouldn't you be dominating undrafted rookies? Yes. Yeah. I did like, though, they said at West Virginia he was just on one side of the field and already in the minicamp they're moving him inside, they're moving him outside. He's Kevin, a smart Kevin fella. Kevin White's going all over the place. Smart fella. He seems like he'd be a more versatile guy maybe than Alshon Jeffrey. Jeffrey's going to be I agree with too long term. Mark, you went with – Totally agree. You went with Rashad Perryman in Baltimore as your pick for the big breakout rookie. Yeah, I don't have any Dan Pompey tweets to attach Pop-o. to this, but uh, – Listen, I also could be dead wrong. I don't know what I don't even remember writing this, but it seems solid to me in the sense that you got Steve Smith, and then what else do you got? You got Marlon Brown, Michael Campanero, and Alder Robbins. He's going to play. He's going to play out of the gate. It's Mark Tressman's offense. I like. We've seen before that Mark Tressman can unleash two receivers in one season for big yardage. Now, the one thing about this guy, they talked. They said he has some drops issues, so he's got to get over dropsies. That's the problem. That's an issue. So did Terrell Owens. Are you? There you go. Are you at all? concerned about Perriman big-time receding hairline, and yet he wears his hair in braids. He's going Stevie. He's doing the so Stevie. It, well, it's a terrible look. Hold on. And, like, and that kind of judgment coming into the league. He looks like right. he's 45 years you, old. You Maybe he an, is. You raise an excellent point. But a lot of times, rookies, after that first rookie season, you see them get better haircuts. They yeah, start to get true. that act together. So Thank let's you. give them a little bit of time. That's true. I think well, you've overlooked the obvious here. That he is going with the boxer rebellion style of hair from turn of the century China. Ah, yes, the obvious. Uh. (laughs) Everyone was thinking that. (laughs) He's yeah. He's TD would have jumped in with that same point. TD is falling asleep. He can't believe what's happened here. (laughs) He's definitely doing the move where you haven't quite accepted it that it's going up top. So you go with the braids. He's probably taking some heat from friends. And two years from now, he'll have the MJ, and everything will be cool. I think so, too. I mean, he's going to listen to this podcast and be shocked into life 
about his styling choices. Yeah. yeah. And then I he'll agree. look at our pictures and be like, who the yeah. are, who are you saying about there? anyone? <laughs> uh, do we cover all the wide receivers? I don't want to leave anyone out. We could call Kevin Patra, but no, that's I think that's it. He did Kevin White, too. Um, all right. He's got him covered. I'm going to bypass the defensive players because we've got to keep moving. But they don't, all, all they don't matter. Yeah, my all my your pick for defensive great. rookie of the year was Dante Fowler. Mm. I'm, I have a feeling that's not going to look. Well, good luck to you with that. The projected starters uh, series, you know, one of one of uh, one of my favorite every year, every <laughs> springtime, we guess the starters. Even read it. And uh, this time we're going to start with the AFC East. And you know, Greg, you 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 handled this task. You wrote the AFC East. We're all taking different divisions. And I guess the one thing that jumps out, we look at the Patriots right off the bat, and you look at the starting lineup for Week One, and you got Jimmy G at quarterback, which is just bizarre. It's like a look into your future, and then. Remember this guy. My name is Jonas Gray. As the starting running back in week one. Well, I had to pick someone. And LeGarrette Blunt's not a very good starting running back either, I don't think. He's a guy that, that was best to use how the Patriots have, which is, is as a midseason replacement or a third guy that'll start for four or five games at a time. This is the worst running back group. I wanted to say since Antoine Smith was their starter when they won the Super Bowl. But actually, I, I went back and looked before I made the statement. There was a season, 2009, where they had Sammy Morris as their leading rusher. Yikes. Lamont Jordan was in the mix. Danny Woodhead early in his career was also there. So that was a pretty ugly group. But this is the ugly – I mean, this is a terrible running back group. So Jimmy G is not going to be able to count on this running game, I don't think, to help him out early in the season. And you can't really count on the secondary right now either. they got some problems. Greg's sounding just a tad nervous. Yeah, where are you at at the P scale? A lot of people are asking me to check in with you on that. One. One being no pee whatsoever in your pants. I got to watch. No pee in your pants. No pee. I got to watch them win the Super Bowl in person, their fourth Super Bowl, on the last play of the game, a miraculous interception. Nothing's taking that away. Speaking of deflating, Greg deflating the fun of the podcast, no longer wants (laughs) to take part in the pee your pants scale. I'll, I'll, How much pee's in your pants is the question. It's one right now. It's the middle of uh, April they are, or May. I don't even know what month it is. <laughs> Ooh, I got a quick one for you there. And Wes wrote about this. But, I mean, if you're a Patriots fan and you're not a guy that's plugged in on every minute, you're at work, you maybe check the transit. Suddenly, like, every time you look, check in, they're, they're dumping a veteran cornerback left and right. What's going on? Yeah, well, the Kyle Arrington uh, release was surprising. Uh, you know, I wrote the post on it yesterday, and, and I – Look back, T.Y. Hilton, who we all agree is one of the best young wide receivers in the league, completely shut down in two games. That's what a lot of people think is the Patriots' number one uh, you know, uh, threat and rival. So you get rid of that guy. I'm not saying they can't find somebody to coach him up to t- take the same role. But Arrington's been a good slot uh, slot defender for, for them. That perplexed me. And he was benched. Played he, 40% of the snaps last year, and he was due to count o- way over $4 million against the salary cap. Right, so th- that makes sense. But just the fact that he'd been so effective against Hilton really matched him up one-on-one well, one the whole first game. And they I, have 15 other games they have to well, play. Well, Woody had played 40, though, when you lose Darrell Revis and a bunch he's, of others. He's like, had some success. Well, he's a, he's against, purely a slot guy. He's had some su- success against other high-end slot receivers. He, he can play the slot. Got benched in the Super Bowl. The thing that so did Logan Ryan, who's right. now their number one corner, I guess. I think they really do love Malcolm Butler. I think he's going to be a I think they like Bradley Fletcher, too. I think they like Bradley Fletcher. They signed. They signed Robert McLean. But they have had to win games despite a poor secondary for most of the last 10 years. 
and now they're going to have to do it again. But I think the thing with Revis that was so nice, they got to be creative with all this talent they have up front. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that anymore with these guys. At Who did you bench to put Ninkovich in there? Uh, I just put one defensive tackle, which was Malcolm Brown. So basically I had Branch and Silica. Oh, so you switched them from a 4-3 to a 3. Well, it doesn't matter. A, they play both. I anyway. made them a 3 Three, 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 four, or four. Yeah, whatever. Just three, get their four. best players into the line. Yeah, I just that's. I really like when you gerrymander the process. Yeah. Uh, we <laughs> move to the Buffalo Bills, uh, where and now you look at this. Now let's let's try to ignore the quarterback, uh, Matt Castle. Not doesn't not too sexy, but Lashawn McCoy, Sammy Watkins, Percy Harvin, Robert Woods, Charles Clay. Those are some nice starters. They get in. We've talked about this. Any even decent play from Matty Boy Castle. Uh, they can win some games with that offense or put up some points at least. Very good left tackle, too, and Cordy Glenn. And, you know, they brought in Richie Incognito. That's not a great thing. Uh, but <laughs> I, I think that Build Castle is a pretty safe bet for the starting job. I you was going to say, the, the one thing that jumps out to me is that you have Matt Castle over Tyrod Taylor. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I, I, well, they seem to want – they're going to use Taylor in some way. I think I really do think Tyrod Taylor I, is going to start. I think Manuel has a better chance than Taylor. Just because he's a first-round pick, and I'm not, you know, there's a chance Rex they're going to be able to Rex Ryan absolutely that loves Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, well, I want to see where he's he at though, down there too, and Kyle Wilson, but yeah, it doesn't mean they're going to be good. And John Harbaugh, like, what, he doesn't go out and talk ill of his players, but he actually, on separate occasions, more than once, said that Tyrod Taylor was never lived up to the promise and never worked hard enough. So we'll see where Rex is with him. Well, yeah, summer. I mean, I think you should compare John Harbaugh's comments about Tyrod Taylor to Rex Ryan's comments about Tyrod Taylor. This is one that's of the some, that's with Ty- Rex Ryan spending no time with Tyrod Taylor. Let's just I want to see where they are come August. Top to bottom, they had the fewest holes in the division. I think probably have one of the best starting lineups on both sides of the ball of any team in the league. They, what they don't have is basically a third linebacker. But if that's the biggest problem that you can come up with, then that's that's pretty good. Uh, moving on to the Dolphins, I'm going to start, uh, Greg, with the defensive side of the ball where you have a great defensive line. Cameron Wake, of course, and Dominican Sue, Earl Mitchell, Olivier Vernon. Uh, but then it starts to thin out a little bit in terms of a starting group. Are you worried about uh, the defense maybe not being as good as people think it can be just because they don't have enough big-time players outside that line? They had the, some gaping holes, which I had really didn't thought about before I looked at Koamisi, he's okay at, at inside linebacker, and you have Jelani Jenkins outside. After that, your battle for your next linebacker spot is Spencer Pacinger, who's been a special teamer, and uh, now I'm forgetting the name, that uh, Hammer and Hank was really pumping him up as, as a possible Hank Aaron? possible pick. Doesn't matter who it was. I'll, I'll, th- I'll think of it. But base, uh, okay. Chris McCain. These guys who, who he had 46 snaps last year. Chris McCain. Exactly. So you have guy. No one's. You don't have a third linebacker spot. And then more importantly, at cornerback, after Brent Gimes, you got nothing. You have two guys you drafted in 2013, Will Davis and Jamar Taylor, who have been poor or injured since they've been in the league. That is, that's an ugly looking line uh, cornerback group. Why is Jarvis Landry the number one receiver? I just decide. I think he's the number one receiver on that team, probably. Right. He now. never leaves the slot. They no, they'll, I think they will have him moving around. Uh, when, sandwich, call sandwich on that one. I, I think he'll end up lead, leading the team in snaps, and that's how sandwich. That's basically how I took it. Guy doesn't leave the slot unless he's lining up in the backfield and they're doing trick plays. Moving on to the Jets, uh, Greg, you have Geno Smith winning the starting job. Uh, you have 
Leonard Williams are the number six overall pick when you have at least the starters. He's he's not uh, starting with Muhammad Wilkerson, Damon Harrison, and Sheldon Richardson there. That goes back to Todd Bowles. Likes to run a 3-4. But my question is, is Bowles going to change uh, his style or some of the things he's comfortable with to to be able to get all these guys on the field at the same time more? Yeah, I would. you would hope so. I'm sure he will. And Williams wants to play on the outside, but he might be playing more inside and the Jets have a similar problem to what they've had before. They have this same old boring outside linebacker group of Pace and Copels and Jason Babin. So you're going to have to get your passers from the big guys. I think that what Todd Bowles did last year with the Cardinals is instructive. He was running a 3-4 defense, but whenever they play a, a great running back like a DeMarco Murray, they would play mostly 4-3 that game. Hmm. And I think that goes into Leonard Williams' selection, too. Yeah, at this point, 3-4-4-3. Four, four, They'll teams, all see it, snaps. It doesn't really matter. But they were the only team, not a single rookie I had as a starter mm. because I had Devin Smith as more of a number four, just go deep type of guy, and Jeremy Curley holding on to that third third receiver role. Some decent names, you know, I, I didn't make this list. Greg Jennings, for instance, didn't make it for the, the Dolphins. I didn't have him as one of the top three. You benched Leotis McKelvin for the Bills. I decided to bench Leotis McKelvin coming off an ankle surgery. Why not? Get rid of Leo. Some tough decisions by Greg Rosenthal. Greg playing God with the AFCs. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's it. We're going to continue to run through all the divisions and might even talk about some of them on this very podcast. Uh, that's it. Uh, TD, behind the glass, you, you sent me an IM I during the show that you had some type of scorecard that you were working on. Is this, is this going to lead to more contentious uh, behavior between you and the rest of us? Be careful here. Really, I'm just I'm just keeping you guys on your toes. You know, like in a game, whether you win or you lose, it's like your performance. How do you how did you guys do individually? I know okay. it's a good show, but how do you guys do individually? I figured, you know, at the end of each show, I could sort of give a little hot take. Each show, wow. Yeah, and how do you guys? Okay, do? well, if now a permanent if, segment. If it's a, if it's we'll a see. success, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm more right. chopping. Um, so yeah, I was gonna run through all four, but I was like, no, nah, I'm just gonna give the winner a shout out as opposed to going from four through one. Because no, I'm you like, should say who came in last I don't place. Get, I don't in your want, arbitrary ranking. I don't want Mark to get mad at me. That's all I'm saying. So. Oh, <laughs> so predictable. <laughs> no, um, this real quick note is body language though. You always seem like you're tilted to the side, like you're ready to leave. Kind of shady. I don't know. Well, he did take his headset true. off at one point. <laughs> that might be accurate. <laughs> uh, real quick, but the winner of today's show, or best performance, I should say, is my main man, Wes. He was very revealing today in today's show. He spoke about his heat exhaustion, which is, you know, <laughs> really, you know, really deep. I don't think um, he's proud of Yeah, sources. <laughs> you know, he's the only one of you guys that had sources. A spice rack. I mean, what a name. And then uh, my, so, my source is a, a bartender in Las Vegas. Oh, and you still got a source. You know? Tito, you're a ridiculous you person. <laughs> <laughs> and he brought up content that could be. He brought up something that could be potentially new content. He brought up that he might be coming a Jaguars fan. I mean, that's interesting. I like to me. that. That's new content. You know, for yeah. what? Well, well, maybe if he comes bit. a Jags fan, you know, yeah. that's something we can All right, well, keep pulling on. That's good. Yeah. Thank you, TD. And I might I add, whoever your haberdasher is has done an excellent job for you. Yeah, man. Thank wow, you. Wow, this is a love fest right here. You, I, I like this segment, though. Like are, the, uh, are you gravitating? Right, you came to, in second, though. Oh, up. thank you. Yeah. You self-bleached yourself. <laughs> are, you, are you gravitating towards Wes because your boy DJ just took off for a month after the draft? Oh. It's just, Stan, you have another shot on the next show. By the way, in the next show. I all like this, all, you know, I think DJ does a great job, but you don't see us taking a month off after the draft. It's a fair point. Wow. And where's the coach's show? Billick is on some island somewhere far he away from the ball and chain. A, he He's growing a great beard. I saw him yesterday. Well, this might be why TD loves these shows, because if it weren't for us, he would be home himself right now. Mm. 
TD. Move, move the sticks. More like move that podcast off your phone. It's not even going to be around <laughs> for a while. I mean, it's. Oh, man. Hey, 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 hey. TD, I didn't think you could do worse after your Jimmy Caroppolo spelling thing from yesterday. I totally figured that out. And you see how you managed it. It's true. TD sent me. rankings. How to remember it. It's like a group of old people. Yeah, exactly. We will be. We will be back on Thursday with the uh, return of the great Lindsey Rhodes. Uh, we're going to do all NFL news. We're going to talk a little bit about the NFL Network Top 100, which Lindsey hosts uh, quite spearheads, spearheads even uh, quite well. And uh, so Lindsey will sit in with a, a whole group, the five of us, because TD, you know, when he's not making a name list, is <laughs> getting headsets, a uh, fifth headset. It was what? a long process, but it's here. It's here. Five mics like the source, baby. <laughs> Very good. So we'll have that. Uh, so thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, this is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, and TD behind the glass. Until Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.